Thanks for joining us for this episode, and please take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this content with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Clear Springs Baptist Church. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Wake up with joy. You know, some people go through life and say, I just don't see how there's any, I just don't have purpose. You know, if something happens and that maybe seemed tragic to you, when you have a God and you belong to a God that you know that great divine purpose will come from this, that brings joy in what seemingly seems as a despairing negative thing in your life. That's God. He, that is who He is. And He can't stop being that. Amen? He can't deny Himself. And so I'm excited every time we sing that song. This is my Father's world. And that last verse says, He shall be satisfied. Amen? He will be satisfied. You see that all through Scripture. Alright, so we've been in a series called what? Does he have your cheat sheet up there yet? Oh, he went on. Anybody remember? It runs in the family, right? Y'all remember that? Y'all know that phrase, it runs in the family. And uh, so the thought in, in that, you know, working off that phrase that we're very uh, acquainted with is thinking about this, what from my influence and my place as a husband, as a wife, as a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle, you're part of a family. What, what am I contributing spiritually that would continue to run in my family, that would help them continue to live for God even when I'm gone, that people could step outside of my family and say, you know what, their child reads their Bible, their child loves the church. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I remember their daddy. Their daddy loved the Word of God. Their dad loved being faithful to the Lord's house. And they've instilled that in their children. And so it runs in the family. It's sort of that thought, all right? Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, we're going we're gonna to read there this morning, all right? 2 Timothy chapter 1. Yeah, chapter 1, and we'll start reading in verse 1. We'll read down through verse 7, all right? Who's happy to be here? I mean, just make sure you're awake. You're sort of dragging on me a little bit, all right? We'll make sure you're, you're, you're awake this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 1, we'll start in verse 1, all right? God's Word says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy. All right, Timothy's the is is um, is the focus here, part of the focus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers, with pure conscience, that without ceasing. I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. 
greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned or sincere faith that is in thee, which dwelt first, and here comes a, a huge focal point this morning, dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, or some would pronounce that Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Father, I come to you with a desire that you have your way with my, my thoughts, my heart, my voice. Lord, I'm, I'm not here for, to please myself, to sound uh, as a, a, a fluent speaker or to, uh, to have some kind of recognition. Father, I'm here to just share with you the things that you've poured into my heart through my own study. Now, I pray that we stay true and fixed uh, upon the context of this passage, the application what your word says. Father, help us not to read into this of something that's not there, but that we pull from it what, what is there by your will. And Father, there are families sitting before me. There's probably families that are watching, even online. And Lord, I pray that we will be challenged, that we will see the needs uh, in our life as families, maybe a redirection. Maybe we'll be just filled with conviction of an area that we are truly failing in today. And I pray your spirit just pour into this place. Speak to our hearts. I pray we quit being a people that pushes him aside, but allows him to have his way with us. I need you this morning. Lord, again, I know that I am a dying man preaching to dying people. Our physical life is short, but our, our eternity is eternal. It's, it's approaching. Depending on whether or not our faith is in the person and work of Jesus Christ or not, will determine whether our eternal home will be in heaven or be in hell. And I pray today that if anything else, that the, that a person can leave here with a trusting, depending faith alone, in Jesus and his finished work on the cross for them. Lord, God has helped me not to say any more or any less than you would have me to. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So the thought this morning is this. It starts with you. It starts with you. Now, um, you may have come from a family where you were not blessed with a father or mother or someone that instilled in your life the importance of God's Word or the importance of being a part of worship faithfully in the local church. You know, maybe your parents never prayed with you. Maybe you just did not have that kind of example. But you know, this morning you now have an opportunity, opportunity to make a decision to let those things start with you. Amen? 
You know, a person's future life is not hinged, no matter what your emotions and your mind says, is not hinged upon the example or those things behind you. God has a purpose for you, and it's for His things, the things of Himself, to be in your life. And they're important. They're not important for today, but they're important for tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after that. It starts with you. If you want your family... If you want your children, if you want them, your marriage to have a, a, a good future, the things of God that needs to pour into your life today must start with you. I can't make your marriage better. You can't make mine better. I can't make your children. You know, I've seen this happen so many times. And, and yes, from, from about 8th grade to 12th, I went, I went to a Christian school. Um, I was raised in church. I was. I had that, that blessing. But let me tell you this. A church cannot fix your children. A Christian school is, cannot fix and do your work for you. Anybody ever see that? The parents will even come, just drop their kids off and think the church will take care of them and give them what they need, what they will need in the future. But I'm telling you, you as a parent, you that are grandparents, you that are leaders in your family, no one can disciple or lead or impact your family like you can. Amen? You're going to read here of a text of a grandma and a mom that believe that. Amen? They believe that. And what we're going to see this morning is a phrase that Paul said to Timothy. He said, I'm persuaded of something that you have, and it's called an unfeigned faith. Or in other words, a sincere faith. But he goes on, and we'll unpack this. I want you to see where we're going. He said, but Timothy, it didn't start with you. It didn't even start with your mom. It started with your grandmother. And folks, as we pack this together, I want you to see the importance of you as a leader in your family allowing the things of God, the things that God's hand is on, they start with you putting it in your family. Amen? God gave you a family, did He not? If He gave you a family, He also gave you a purpose for that family. And that purpose is found in Christ. But you have to let that start with you. Amen. So we're going to unpack that. Paul was persuaded, persuaded from these people about a certain thing in their life. Well, one thing that is sad to me, a lot of times Christians will spend more time as far as persuading. Paul said, I'm persuaded of the faith that's in you. A lot of times Christians will spend more, more time persuading themselves that their sin is not really that bad. Instead of living a life that persuades their children of how great God is. And how much they need God. There is where the persuading of a parent and a grandparent and a family member needs to be. It's not persuading that my sin or that my child's sin is not that bad. But persuading them that God is that great and necessary and needed. Alright? It starts with us today. So a few things, alright? Uh, first of all, number one. Foundation. Timothy's foundation. Alright? So if you take the notes, that's number one. This I want you to see is his family foundation. His family foundation. Now you're going to find this began in Paul's, in his first missionary journey. You'll go back to Acts chapter 16, and you can go back and read there. That we'll find 
find, you'll find a mother, you know, and a grandmother. You'll find two converts there in, in Paul's missionary journey. Two converts under Paul. Timothy was also a, a byproduct of that, all right? Paul said he writes unto his, to his beloved son. What he means by that is a son in the faith, all right? He won Timothy to the Lord. He impacted Timothy, and you're going to find that Timothy went with Paul. Paul took Timothy with him. Timothy became a pastor. Timothy became a great man of God. But that's looking a little farther down Timothy's life. That's now when Paul's writing this letter. But it began with Timothy's family. All right? Now, Timothy's mother, Timothy's mother, she was a daughter of Lois, as you'll see there. All right? Was a daughter of Lois. And so he reminds Timothy about that. His grandmother, Lois. And they were converts of Paul. Timothy's mother was an example. She didn't, she didn't just teach Timothy, but she lived a life where Timothy caught her faith. You see, there's some things you can teach, but sometimes they're better caught than taught. You need to teach your children, you need to teach your family, but you need to live a life where they catch you actually living those things out. And so, you know, we find Timothy's mother, Eunice, learned, first of all, from her mommy. Her mom. All right? Lois. You'll find, and we'll look a little bit later, Eunice, Timothy's mother, right? She taught her, her son, the Old Testament scriptures. Well, if you'll flip over, and we'll go back to this in a little bit, but chapter 3 and um, verse 15, same book, 2 Timothy says, And thou from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How did Timothy know Scripture? Because his mom knew Scripture. Well, how does mom know Scripture? It's because her mom knew Scripture. You see what I'm talking about? Let me ask you a question. What if, what if Lois did not take time to put God's Word in her heart? Who would Eunice be? Who would Timothy be? Where would the flock of the local church that Timothy pastor, where would they be? You see, folks, your child, it's not just about their child. It's not just about your child's faith or your child's life, but it's about even the lives of which your child's life will impact. See, life is not just about you, but it's about the lives God allows you to touch. Folks, the thing God needs to start in the families today. Amen? So we find Timothy's mother was raised from her mom, by her mom very well in the Old Testament Scriptures. You know what bothers me in this passage? You see no mention about the fathers. That bothers me. But can I be honest with you? Not much has changed since then. Amen? You'll find most of the time, if it wasn't for the mothers, if it wasn't for the mothers of the home, the children would never make it to church. Sometimes, especially in today's time, if it wasn't for the grandmothers, their grandkids would never make it to church either. And folks, that is a detriment. And people think that if we create laws and regulations and things to, to put as a vice to, to people, if you just, you know, if you take this away and that away uh, from them, if you just fix it on the outside, you'll fix the nature of humanity. Folks, the problem, the heart of the problem is the problem of the what? 
heart. There's the problem. And see, the grandmother and the mother understood that very, very truth. Paul said, I am persuaded. Listen, this, this, this grandma and this mom, they were human. Sometimes we think that these people were not human. They just lived victoriously. They just, uh, they just never failed. They never struggled. They never had a busy life that clashed with their spiritual life. They never had mountains and valleys and trials that sometimes derailed their life to making the best decisions. That's not true. These people are human. The grandma, the mom, Lois, and Eunice, they face struggles. They would wake up one morning and not feeling like reading their Bible, I'm sure. Maybe they had a hard day. I just don't feel like praying today. They were human. They had weak moments. But let me just show you this. The fruit of their life to Timothy showed me they persevered. They may have had down moments. They may have forgot to read their Bible one day, but it wasn't a habit. It was something that they, I'm sure they repented of. And they say, Lord, help me, forgive me, because I've got a daughter or I've got a son that needs to see you. Folks, they were human. So let us not go and think, well, that's just the Bible people. No, these were human people. They were saved people that battled the flesh just like you and I do. Satan knew how to derail their life just like he knows how to derail ours. Amen? They had to battle. They had to pray. They had to be steadfast. They, I believe these, uh, I believe Lois and Eunice, they were not just normal people that faced struggles, but per persevered through the struggles to be obedient to God and allowing the holy things of God to be in their life. But you know, I think simple things. I think I think uh, the reason the reason uh, uh, Eunice probably prayed with her son is because Lois prayed with her first. Do you see where I'm going? It it run it ran in the family. All right, but it started with someone. If a parent doesn't love God, you won't love your child correctly. Right? Sometimes we think loving our children is just giving them all they want, being their best friend, and just. Letting them go. But no, you've now become an enemy to your child. You've become an enemy to God as a parent. The best way you love your child is to let make sure Jesus is center of their life. Amen? Sacrifice. Put yourself last and put them first. Put Christ first. You see, Eunice learned that because she saw her mom do that. I think they took time and they ate at the table together and they prayed over their food. Amen? Maybe one of the best things in society is for all fast food, just away for a little while. All restaurants. Now I'm really, I'm really hitting on a nerve now. Because where else would you eat? With who? Your family. Your family. It's a focus of family and a family that's focused on God. Anybody watch Blue Bloods? Anybody familiar with that show? And, I, and it's a TV show. And uh, Tom Selleck, now I got your attention, right? You Tom Selleck fans, Magnum P.I. back in the day, right? He's a, a police commissioner, New York City. But something that always sticks out to everybody, everybody is just in awe of this part of the show. Y'all know where I'm going, don't you? At the end of every show, or even the middle of the show, every, I think it was every Sunday, they would come to the table, the whole family, they would pray and they would eat together. 
Now, why is that just strikes us as a, just, just, we're just in awe of that. Why? Because it happens very little today. And you know what? You don't, have to, you don't have to stand back and say, I wish we could do that. I just wish our family would do that. No, your family can do that. It starts with you. It starts with you. The family foundation. You see, Lois and Eunice, they, 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 they led one another. Lois led Eunice. Eunice led Timothy. They, made, they didn't just make time for the good things. But they made time to put the best things in front of their children. And the best things are the things of God. And fathers, I would encourage you to not let your wife do all the, the packing of, of, of that. Being the workhorse to putting God in the center of your home. Really and truly, if you want to be biblical, it's not the wife's duty to, to be the spiritual leader. It's your job. Amen? You, you lead your family together, but my dear brothers, it really starts with you. It starts with you. Sometimes we have these excuses, if I only had time, I would teach my children. If my child wasn't in so many activities, we would read our Bible. Or, you know, if I wasn't chasing, you know, that dollar bill so much, I would, I would uh, have time to pray with my children. Whose choice is it to put God in the family? Yours. God's will is that He be in the center of every family, but it's our choice to allow Him to be there. Amen? Your children are in the activities they are because you signed them up for them. I'm not saying activities are bad. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not saying if you have to work two or three jobs to make money to support your family, that's great. But you're, are, you, are you chasing the dollar or are you, are you providing? There's a to de decipher between are you putting anything before God in your family because at the end of life Dr. B passed away is a shock at the end of life it won't be the dollar it won't be the job it won't be the retirement it won't be the it won't be the little league trophies it won't be anything else that matters other than God that's what matters at the end of life you see, Eunice and Lois didn't quite know the life Timothy would live, but they knew he had a life to live. He, they, they didn't know that he would be a, a great uh, a, a pastor or would one day Apostle, the Apostle Paul would come by and take him underneath his wing and him be a great spiritual leader. They didn't really know exactly how God would use Timothy. And I think Lois didn't quite understand how, you, how God would use Eunice to raise up Timothy for, God, for God's glory through the Apostle Paul for a local church. They didn't know that, but they understood this. God gave him a life to live. Therefore, let's give him what he needs to live the life for God. And that's what they did. All right? Lois, grand, grandmother is mentioned once in the Bible. But it was the greatest way to mention it. Sincere faith. Eunice is only mentioned a couple times in Scripture. You know why she was mentioned? Because of her sincere faith. Thank God. If, if God placed you in the Bible today, would it be because of your sincere, genuine faith? That's a humbling question. We see Timothy's foundation is the foundation of the family. Secondly, we see Timothy's fruit. Timothy's fruit. All right? So you, you look a little bit here, he said, this sincere faith. I want to unpack this, and I'll try to be very quick. 
Timothy's fruit. Letter A, I want you to see this. We see the roots of it. The roots of his fruit or the things that he was doing with his life. He became a, a great man of God and Paul was writing to him, encouraging him, you know, uh, to be a pastor for God's glory and to feed the flock of God, be a soldier for the Lord. But how did he become that? Because there was his, his roots were first placed in a soil that was provided him in his previous years. Thank God for parents and grandparents and families that provides a gospel soil in the home for their kids to root into. Amen? What kind of soil do you have at home that your kids have an opportunity to root into? Where the roots are is where the growth comes from. Amen? The strength of the stalk, the strength of the trunk of the tree, the height, all depends of where, what kind of nutrients and how deep those roots can go. The gospel is where the roots of our children and our marriages and our families need to be today. I want to take a moment and unpack sincere faith for a moment. All right? Let's take a few moments. Now, get your thumbs and fingers ready because I want you to turn to some scriptures. We're not going to camp out very long in any of these, but they're important. I just took a time, took a, took a little bit of time to break down sincere faith. All right? Turn to Joshua 24. Turn to Joshua 24. All right? Joshua 24 and verse 14. Joshua 24 and verse 14. We're talking about sincere faith. All right? Now, therefore, of course, he's talking about how God has given them this land which they did nothing for. You need to take that. That we think it's our efforts that we have things, but it's because of God, amen, that we have. So he says, I've given you a land. You didn't labor for it. There, there's cities there. You didn't build them, right? There's vineyards and orchards. You didn't plant them, but you're eating from them. He said, Now, therefore, fear the Lord. And serve him in what? Sincerity and in what? And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. Think of the title this morning. It starts with you. Their fathers before did not serve God as they should. They served other gods. They come from Egypt. And so they had some Egypt in them. They were, they were they sort of step, stepped into idolatry. And now Joshua is saying, now you have an opportunity. God has given you your, your health, your home, uh, what's going to nourish your body. All these things he's given you. Now, therefore, now you can hang on the coattail of your, 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 uh, your, your father's sinful life or your Mother's sinful life and their lack of raising you. You can ride on that coattail if you want to. But Joshua says, as he also says, also in Scripture, choose you this day whom you will serve. Right? Choose you. It starts with you. God did not want the land of promise to be filled with an idolatrous people. Amen? What is idolatry? Idolatry is putting anything above God. And so he's saying, I want this land to be a land where I'm sinner. I want your homes to be sinner. I've driven out the idols. Don't you bring any with you. Amen? Sometimes we blame the devil 
of putting idols in our home. No, 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 no. No, you brought them into your home. If they're in my home, it's because I brought them into my home. But the same one that brought it into their home is the same one that has to push them out. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me? All right. No rivals. Idolatry ends with you and me. You see, a sincere faith requires negative and positive. Negative means you expel the things that, that take you away from God. And the positive is, is bringing the things into your home that allows your heart and mind to focus on God. That puts God's center of your children's heart as well. You see, God... I don't know if you've ever witnessed this, but God is always fighting to bring you back center to sincerity. Amen? Why did he bring captivity to Israel all the time? Trying to bring them back center to sincerity and truth. That's where my heart belongs. That's where your home, your marriage, your children belong. It starts with you. All right? Sometimes God allows us to have sickness. Sometimes God allows us to have some financial trouble. Sometimes he allows some issues with your job to happen. I think it's always best and healthy not to start pointing upward, but to start pointing inward and saying, what is God trying to show me? Right? There'd be a lot fewer bitter Christians and Christians running away from God if they would, when something like that happens, that they would point and say, well, what's God trying to show me? What needs to be removed and added to my life? God is always fighting for you, fighting to bring you, bring you back center to sincerity. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. I'll give you time. You, you turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Corinthians 5, 8. All right, notice, notice what it says here. All right, we ought to back up even to verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sac sacrificed for us. In other words, old leaven is often mentioned about sin. Let us push sin out, be dead to that, as Romans tells us, and be in new in Christ. Verse 8, therefore let who? Us. Let us. You see the choice. Let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of what? Sincerity and truth. You see, I don't care what, what testament you read from old or new, you're going to find God directing His people to a sincere faith, a sincere faith in the sincere truth of God. You're going to see that all through Scripture. And so we see that there. Purity, purity, all right? Purity is what he's talking about, sincere, sincerity and in truth. Now, look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. And I got just a few more to show you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 12. Notice this. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that simplicity and godly what? 
sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation, or in other words, our life, the things that we are doing, what we're doing with our life, in the world and more abundantly to you word. Let me explain to you this word simplicity, give you the, the, the definition. The quality of being honest and straightforward in attitude and speech. You also see godly sincerity. And I mentioned this not too long ago. But you that are parents, and something that, that, that I've got to remember, and a lot of these things are becoming more real to me because of the soon reality in three weeks, you know, I'm going, I'm going to be a father, Andy's going to be a mother, and Jennifer's going to be a grandmother. I, I was getting there. I was getting there. I was, I was working my way. Um, this, 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 this dialogue around us is that there's this. There's right and there's left. No, 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 no. There's right, and can someone finish it out for me? There's wrong. See, sometimes we think it's right and left to give those as options. Right is the best, but left will we'll take it. No, 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 no. God says there is my way or the wrong way. There is no gray. There is no left. There is God or not God. There is no middle ground. But society and, and the liberal agenda and the extreme, you're going to find, oh, the left is okay. It may not be as good as the right, but we'll take the left. Families need to come to a place, and the only way you're going to do this is by being on your knees and praying and being God's Word. God, help me not to tolerate anything less than your will. Help me not to tolerate anything less than being in your Word every day. Help me to be just sick with myself if I miss a day of praying with my child or praying with my wife. Lord, help me just to be sick to my stomach if I fail to take time and have devotion with my family. Lord, just make me sick. You ever prayed that? I'd say most of the time you haven't. You may have, I don't know, but the way we see society and a lot of modern day Christianity, I don't think that gets prayed much. God, just bring me to my knees if I forget you. Because here's the problem. If I forget you, my marriage will forget you. If my marriage forgets you, my, my family, my children, my home, and I'm a, we're a family to be a light, then little by little my community, my neighbors, my co-workers, my church, it starts with one. Amen? That's why people a lot of times think, well, if I miss, if I just break off from church for a little while, it's going to be all right. No. One missing link is weakness in a local church. One missing dad in a family is a broken link in a home and in a community. One missing link of a mom is a broken link, not just in your home, but in the community and in the local church. Are you following me? We underestimate just missing one link. We think I've still got a chain. No, you don't. If you break one link, the chain's broken. Well, if I just allow that, that link to get a little weak, what's the next thing going to happen? It's going to break. Don't underestimate the weak link you've allowed in your life, in your home, and in your church. Because it will just bring a broken chain. A broken chain. So folks, to remain sincere in your faith, this is the only thing you can do is keep leaning in to Jesus. Leaning into Him. All right? Rest. 
bring your burdens, right? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Those that are weak and are heavy laden, come and I will give you rest. You've got to lean in. Quit trying to lean into more work to fix the problem. Some, some people say, well, if we just have a kid, it'll fix our marriage. No, it won't. There's no child that can fix a marriage. Your child's never meant to be the center of your marriage. Only God can keep your marriage together. Amen? Who gave marriage? It wasn't your kid. And it wasn't you and your spouse. It was God. It starts with you. Let me give you two more, and I've got to hurry. We'll be brief on the last point. Philippians 1. Philippians 1. I want you to, I want you to get this full picture. Philippians 1, verse 9. All right? Philippians 1, verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in the knowledge and in all judgment. That ye may approve the things that are mediocre. Excellent, the best things. That ye may be what? Sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by who? Jesus Christ. Under what? The glory and praise of God. Folks, I'm telling you right now, I can't make you more sincere in your faith. I can't do that. It's beyond my ability. But all I can do is give you more Jesus, all of Jesus I can, through His Word, through this church. But then you've got to go home, and you've got to give your children, your marriage, all the Jesus you can from prayer and devotion. Because we find here, when you grow in knowledge, in verse 9, and in judgment, you approve the things that are excellent. And then you're going to find that you'll, you'll find in, in verse uh, 11, then the fruits are going to come. The fruits. Seeing Jesus in your life. But it's got to come and start with you, right? Love the knowledge of Christ, that you may approve the things that are excellent to Him, and be sincere and without failure, and be, then you'll be filled with fruits, and folks, I'm telling you, that, that is the blueprint of continuing a sincere faith in the Lord right there. I want you to see that. Titus 2.7. Titus, Titus 2.7. We're going to tie the bow on this, all right? Titus 2.7. Titus 2.7. In all things, showing thyself a what? A pattern, that means something that's, that's, that's the same thing over and over and over and over again. Of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, I'll let you say the last word, sincerity. A pattern, what pattern do you are you forming in your family today? What kind of pattern? What's being redundant? Does it bring them to the Lord? Or does it take them further away? And one last one, and I'm going to give you the last point this morning. All right? 1 John, 1 John 3.18, 1 John 3.18, I want you to see this. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth, all right? Sincerity is this, actions seen, not just a thought that is hidden, actions that are seen, all right? The roots of His fruit. Now, I want to give you something real quick 
and we're going to be done. I want you to see this, the results of his faith. And if you want to write these down, you can write them down because I'm not going to turn to all these because we just don't have time to do it. The results of his faith. So the, the unfeigned, the sincere faith of a grandmother and a mother, and it was poured into Timothy. Now look at who Timothy became. You ready to write these down? He became this. Here's the results. He became Paul's minister, Acts 19.22. You can trace Timothy's life. Paul's minister, he became Paul's minister. One of the greatest apostles. He ministered unto him, Acts 19.22. He became Paul's co-laborer, Romans 16.21. Paul's co-laborer, Romans 16.21. He became usable, Acts 16, one through five. He became usable. Acts 16, one through five. He was faithful to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4, 17. Faithful to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4, 17. He was committed to God's work. Also in 1 Corinthians 16, 10. Committed to God's work. 1 Corinthians 16, 10. He preached Jesus. That was his message. 2 Corinthians 1.19. Preach Jesus. 2 Corinthians 1.19. He labored in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 2. Labored in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 1 through 2. And then lastly, he discipled believers and comforted them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. You see, we're not, I'm just not going to say that, okay, he had a sincere faith and he had fruit. No, take time and go back and look at where sincere faith takes someone. It takes them living for the glory and praise and purpose of God. Amen? Trace his life back. So in saying that, my dear brother and sister, someone 20 years down the road, if they looked back your genealogy to find you and find the fruits of your life, would it show those coming from a sincere faith? It's important to think about. All right? Now lastly, here comes a very sobering thought. Now we're going to end with this. Timothy's future. Go back to our text. We're going to be done. Timothy's future. All right? And in this, we see a chapter of fewer. A chapter of fewer. And I'll, make, and I'll help you understand that. Look, look back at the first few verses of our text, alright? He says, he's writing to Timothy, my dearly beloved son. In verse 3, I thank God whom I serve my forefathers with a pure conscience. Notice this. Notice this. That without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night. Gently desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy what? Are you, are you turned back there? Mindful of his what? Why was Timothy crying? Why was Timothy shedding tears? I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, more than likely, and I haven't studied the exact timeline, but I'm pretty sure his mom and his grandma were no longer around. Now, don't hold me on that, but probably gone. Paul was a father to him, trained him, consoled him, comforted him. I mean, a rock. You know, what, you know what's getting ready to happen to Paul? He's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to lose his head. He's, he's in prison. 
And he's saying, Timothy, I hear your tears. It comforts me. That, but, and, he goes, and he goes on to encourage him. Remember, though, I know you're brokenhearted. You know my life's getting ready to end. And I'm no longer going to be here physically for you to help you and show you the way. But Timothy, remember this. Remember your mom. Remember your grandma. And remember me. You know what? Got, you know one of the biggest things for Timothy, how he was able to keep trudging on, putting his boots on, and going, going through the battle, and going through the valley, and continuing a life of service for God. You know what? One of some of the bed, bedrock things for Timothy was to stand on was the remembrance of those that invested in him. Can anybody empathize? You had a mom or dad that poured into your life, prayed with you. Brought you to church, read the Bible to you. I remember, I've shared this before, but maybe you weren't here when I've shared this, but um, I remember one of the biggest things that I remember so much, it's just imprinted in my mind, uh, was my great-grandma praying. And it, it's, ever since then, I've not stopped praying the way she prays. But we would love to we'd love to stay all night with Mama or Zella. Um, every night. We don't care what room, it wasn't a big house, but no matter what room you were in the house, it's time to go to bed. She'd turn all the lights out. And you start hearing a still small voice, enough where you could make it out, and you knew who it was, and you knew what she was doing. She was praying. With all her best and her and, and her little you know, weaker mind as she was of the age that she was, she would start naming off names. Her son, her daughter, her grandkids, her great-grandkids, she'd name them off one after the other. And she may name the same kid three names. She may mention that name three or four times and be redundant. That was all right. But she prayed. And she did not miss it. And I was so blessed that my wife got to witness that when we first got married. She came and stayed the night with us in her apartment, her two-bedroom apartment. And it was bedtime, and uh, she went in, in the other bedroom, shut the door, going to sleep. And I was just waiting. I was just waiting. And I said, Andy, come here. And we both had our ears to the door. You know what she was doing? She was praying. You know who she was praying for? Me. She's praying for her. She's praying for the same ones that she'd prayed for all of her life, uh, that that. All those that God gave her, she continued to pray for her until she couldn't pray and God called her home. Folks, I'm telling you, you may think praying is a small thing, but this great, this great grandkid has never forgot it. Amen? Don't you dare think prayer doesn't make a difference in the lives of your children and your grandchildren. Don't you dare think that reading some scripture with your children and grandchildren, your don't you dare think it won't make a difference in the future when they need it. When they need it. Let me ask you a question. What are you starting as a pattern in your home today? Are they the excellent things? Are they the things of which it will be a bedrock for their life tomorrow and the next day? Are the things that you're doing today instilling sincere faith in their heart so that later on when they back they don't see a lazy father 
They don't see a mother that cared more about what she looked like instead of what their kid's faith looked like. I mean, what do they look back? What will they see? Because what they see will have a big impact on how they walk forward. Who wants their kid to walk sure-footed tomorrow? Who wants your marriage to walk sure-footed tomorrow? Then my dear friends, the things of God must start today and continue. And the only way that will happen is if you stay on your knees every day. Alright? Your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. We're going to have an invitation. Just remaining in your pew if possible. Ever so quietly. What are you leading your family in today? What kind of heritage are you going to leave behind? There will be a day, mom and dad, you won't be there for your child. But well, what a gift it would be that you left a faith that they can still look back to and be strengthened by. What are we leaving behind? What kind of children and families are we raising? But let me just say this, mom and dad, grandparent, aunt, uncle, family member, you can't instill a sincere faith if you've not first placed a sincere, genuine faith alone in Christ and the work on the cross as your salvation. Have you placed your faith in Christ alone as your Savior? Can you remember that time? That is the bedrock that your life first needs to be built on. That way your family can be built on it as well. Don't leave here lost. Don't leave here without Christ because you will leave here with no hope and no purpose and no foundation. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your spirit. And I pray this, this text, this great example, will not fall on deaf ears, but that, will be, that there will be Christians today, maybe even on this altar, making decisions for their family, making it serious to them. And I pray if there is someone here that's never never repented and cried out to you, putting their faith alone in Christ as their Savior. I would pray they would do that before this moment is over. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. What's our prayer?